sleep like that? I've just been so worn down lately. No worries. Oh, I can't wait to be with my family. I'm sure you're gonna be with your family too. But I'm really thankful and grateful that I'm riding in this car with you. That I'm not dragging that old suitcase around. I would have never made it. Are you a man of faith? What's that, ma'am? You know, faith, God. I don't really think about it much, ma'am. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. Uh, first order of business before I get into anything else, I finally got an email uh, to the show. So I'm going to read that now. I'm not going to give the person's name because they didn't, they probably wouldn't care, but they didn't give me permission to do so. So I'm not going to. Um, they have an interesting question that maybe others would like to know. Uh, Dear That's a Random Podcast and Heath, enjoying the show. Nice to hear people talk about movies that you don't usually see other podcasts talking about. Um, <clears throat> I do have a burning question, though. Is there actually a magic button, or are you making that shit up and picking whatever movies you want? Obviously, I don't mean an actual magic quote-unquote button, but do, are, is there something that's actually picking the movies for you? Thank you. Keep making the show. It's fun. Signed, mystery person. Um, yes, there actually is a, a magic button of sorts. Uh, I use an app whose name I'm not going to reveal because they're not paying me to advertise for them, so fuck you pay me you know <laughs> but um no it actually it, it it is uh an app that you you spin the wheel and it it does spit out um you can put in whatever streaming services you have and if you want movies and tv shows or just movies which is what i picked um it actually goes and finds you completely random stuff no i don't cheat i do take whatever i get don't go oh not that one and spin again um which should be obvious by some of the movies that i've gotten uh the only exception the only time that that has changed was um i did have to go back and change because originally at the end of the i believe it was the world is not enough episode i had gotten the magic button had given me the original 1931 Invisible Man, and it said it was on Shutter, but when I went to Shutter to find it, it wasn't on Shutter anymore. It's the only time that it's the magic button has let me down. Otherwise, it's been accurate. But so I had to go back in and edit and change um, what the movie was for the next week. Uh, but other than that, no, I do uh, accept whatever I'm given, and that's how we wound up. For the second time in what, three weeks, three episodes, uh, with a Christian movie. <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, it was Welcome to Paradise. This episode is Saved by Grace from 2017, and here to talk with me about that movie is my good friend, Maria Sauer. How are you, ma'am? I'm doing quite well. 
So, I'm hoping this doesn't happen a lot because I don't want to turn into the Make Fun of Christian Movies podcast. There already is one of those. It's called God Apple Movies. It's pretty funny. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. I don't want to step on their toes. But I take what I get. So I was su- surprised as anybody to get another one so soon. Um, I am slightly worried that my Amazon Prime algorithm is going to think that this is what I'm into now. Yeah, you don't want to be like, oh, you like that? You're going to love this and recommend eight <laughs> more movies. Like, no, I really don't. It's messing up my algorithm. But um, yeah, this is a, a wildly stupid movie. So it's a it's definitely a basic Christian movie. I will give it that. Yeah, and it's not other than I mean we'll get into the moral of the story, which is hideous, but much like Welcome to Paradise, and this is nowhere near as good as that, but or nowhere near as not bad as that, I guess I'll say. <laughs> um it doesn't have the the terrible racism and misogyny and other things that you might expect. It's just really dumb. Oh, yeah. And really, and yeah, we'll get into the moral later, but the moral of the story is is not (laughs) not great. Um, You, much like Piper before you, are are your friend and mine, Piper Van Steenwick, who was on the other Christian movie episode. Uh, We all worked at the theater together. You also have experience with dealing with audiences of old people coming to see. Oh, yeah. Christian movies that we are forced to have, so. Yes. Always a fun time when you have to explain the same movie essentially just over and over again. Well, and they also, anybody also, they'll come see a movie and then they're like, your movie's over and you grab your coat and you go. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But they're going to like congregate in the hallway and have these discussions about it and there's 70 of them from a church group showing up at once and they expect some kind of special deal on popcorn and stuff because they're in a big group, which they usually get, but yeah. it's, it's like a mobile Bible study. Yeah. And one time they like came and they set up like a little loudspeaker system so they could have some kind of speech and stuff at the beginning of the, which they did not ask to do. They just, oh. <laughs> but they had like bought out the you know, most, pretty much the entire auditorium. So it kind of, I mean, it almost didn't matter, but was still like you should ask before you do stuff like that not take it up on have a sermon there's a sense of entitlement there but and again i don't begrudge them it's fine if you have your movies but they don't they don't belong in the movie theater on the screen next to real movies <laughs> you know because this is not a real movie i mean it's it's a movie but it's not it's such a it's not like it shouldn't be right next to the Avengers or like high production. Yeah, or yeah, anything. <laughs> it just it's not on the same <laughs> playing field. Well, let's get into it. First off, yeah. thing I notice when you start the movie, and Amazon, you know, the title when you first start it, the title is still on the screen up in the corner, and underneath is what it's rated and why and or. You know, and it has like the genres, and it says faith-based, family, and kids. Is this in any way a movie for children? Um, no. The film that opens with I'm... a homicide. 
later has attempted suicide, children drowning, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. This is not a kid's yeah, movie. It, it, yeah. So. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say to like a five-year-old, hey, this is a really good movie. You should watch it because you'll get it and be very thoroughly enjoyed with watching this. Well, but and you see that a lot. I know when Passion of the Christ came out, which was a hard R-rated movie with horrific torture porn violence in it, people were taking their kids to that like crazy. I feel like when people any, hear any other like movie, a Christian movie, they like associate that with, oh, this is good for my children. It teaches them about like Christ. No. Well, and they, they knew what was in it, but it's like it's this double standard because if that level of violence was in any other movie, there's no way you would let your watch it you're not gonna let them watch it in a yeah. horror movie or something but because it's like it's okay because it's the story of jesus or something and it's not it's not sex or bad words it's just violence yeah. like that's such a weird thing to it's just it, i barely made it through that movie i'm gonna be honest you didn't miss it <laughs> got about halfway and just stopped yeah you got the gist um yeah, this movie opens with a homicide. We have Rick, played by Joey Lawrence. Um, I think it's probably all over Christian movies these days. I don't know. Um, probably. I don't watch enough of them to know. So No. <laughs> Certainly not seeking out Joey Lawrence's <laughs> filmography. But um, it's Thanksgiving. He's walking in the door. The kid is down the street playing. And he's calling out to his wife that, oh, the turkey smells good, and I got a surprise for you, blah, blah, blah. And he comes in the kitchen, and his wife is sitting at the kitchen table looking terrified because there's an intruder in their house. A a drug lord with cancer who has just gotten out of prison and blames what happened to him on Rick, the cop who busted him. Um, and he's come for revenge. And he, there's a struggle for the gun. You don't really see what happens, but the gunshot goes off. And so Rick's wife is, Rick is shot. And there's a limp now going forward in the movie. It kind of comes and goes, depending on the scene. But he really pushes it sometimes. And other times I think he forgot that he has a limp. Yeah, it's definitely exaggerated in certain scenes. But that's true of a lot of things um one thing when i was watching that scene i don't know if um the drug lord like knew rick's schedule or if he was just like standing in the corner of their kitchen for like hours like just waiting for him to come home yeah i think it was a we're gonna sit here and wait till your husband gets home and you probably know about when he gets off maybe he's been watching them for a while or whatever but now, when you say when you saw this scene, do you mean the first time you saw it or the second complete time you saw it? Because we get the flashback later where we see mm-hmm. the entire scene again, not bits of it, the entire yeah. thing. Because the assumption, I guess, is that the it. audience is too stupid to remember what happened 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I don't know. But yes, it was the very first time I was watching it, not the second with the explanation built in. Yeah. Um... Somebody bought a drone, and the director's going to use it every chance it gets because there are so many shots in this movie 
that stuff <laughs> car driving and then go up into the air like a crane shot but it's obviously a drone shot and they use it a lot because <laughs> the director's like i got this for christmas and i'm using it <laughs> i got a new toy let's try it out yes um so now instead of having a subtitle come up on the screen that says five years later we have a scene where rick's old partner is going to wander into his house to find him day drinking and watching the Thanksgiving day programming mm -hmm. to say out loud, well, it's been five years since, <laughs> you know, I, literally, I did, I barely caught that. That's the funniest thing. It's a pretty throwaway line. Yeah. He's like, boy, I can't believe it's been five years since, you know, and what do they repeat that? Like, Oh, it's been five years, like maybe twice in the entire movie when he eventually like goes to the house and everything a little bit later. Yeah, you'll hear it a couple times, but it would have been just as effective and you could have cut that scene out completely mm -hmm. is a theme that runs through this movie because <laughs> if there's 20 minutes of story in this movie and it's an hour and 20 something, so it's very padded with unnecessary things. But oh, yeah. a simple five years later, printed on the screen, would have saved, you could have taken this two-minute scene out of the movie completely. But, mm -hmm. so Rick's in a bad way. He has obviously hasn't really recovered from the death of his wife. Um, any faith he had, he has lost. His son is nowhere in sight. Um, he they kind of really threw away that son storyline about halfway in the movie and then it came back a little bit yeah like he didn't with his son for like a good while there definitely could have been more focus on that instead of this psychotic woman that he meets <laughs> yeah I mean um, yeah his old partner or captain or whatever is like hey come you know come or, you know my wife makes a great turkey come watch football with me and he's like no nah, I'm good He's into the hermit life now. So then he's he's in his room. He's got a tragedy shoebox that's full of... <laughs> that's what it is. It's got his badge in it, which he doesn't need anymore. Um, a photo of him and the wife and the kid. His gun, which he loads with one bullet. Um, a single bullet. A single bullet. Life. It's got his name on it. Yeah. And a couple of other things we won't see till later, but that uh, he listens to his answer machine. There's a message from his mom who is apparently has his son and has had his son for a few years. Like since it happened, he shipped this kid off to his mom's and didn't deal with him again. Yeah, that really, I don't know if it was like maybe like an immediate thing, like, oh, you're going to stay with, like, Grandma a little bit while I, like, do it, and then it just got out of hand. Like, he's, like, really, really sad, so he can't take care of his son. Or it's, like, it was, like, two months later, and it's, like, I can't handle this, and then you're going to your grandma's. So, like, he, I don't know if he was going to make it, like, a permanent thing in the beginning, or, like, it just happened to be five years. Yeah, it's probably something that just got away from him. It was probably, like, you know, I can barely get out of bed with grief in the morning. I can't get up and make meals for this kid every day mom can you take them and then he just let it continue yeah 
but he says at one point that like I haven't seen my son in five years. Like I've seen him, he hasn't seen me because he's stalking this kid. He, he'll drive by and like see him with his friends and not say anything and just go. So his kid has not seen him in five years, which is awful. <laughs> like okay. I understand you're grieving, but so's this kid, man. He needs your help. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we see he's got his lamp, he goes out to his car, and here we have, just like with Welcome to Paradise, though it was handled much better in that movie, this weird Christian fetishization of homeless people that happens. And it happens in a lot of Christian movies, where the homeless guy, like, turns out to be Jesus, and you didn't know it, he's, like, undercover boss. Oh, my God, I... It... There's a homeless... There's a homeless guy who is blocking his driveway with his cart of cans that all, all homeless people have. Mm-hmm. And um, he, you know, Rick's like, okay, you're going to have to move out of the way. I'm leaving. And then the first of a couple absolutely sociopathic characters that Rick will meet on his journey today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of moving along, he leaves his cart exactly where it is, blocking the truck. And begins to sermonize at this man that, hey, life's not so bad, you know. And Rick, rightfully so, I'm on Rick's side here for once. I mean. Like, well, look at you. Like, Jesus really helped you out. Like, you're homeless, you know. Like, he's not here. Like, he was digging Rick's trash can. And he, Rick offered the homeless guy money. And he's like, no, I don't accept money. I only look through people's trash cans, apparently. Like, I don't want money. I just want people's trash. Well, and there's that, like, the pride of, like, no handouts or whatever, which, I mean, I get that. But, like, Rick's not being an asshole to him. He's not like, get the fuck out of here, you you know? He's trying to help the guy. He just doesn't have time. Yeah. Much like me, he does not want to sit and be preached at by a complete stranger. <laughs> you know? When he has yeah, things to not, do. Uh, it's not an at-home at sermon in his truck at the moment. Um, so after, yeah, so the guy, the guy's all about, you know, like, oh, you know, God has a plan, everything happens for a reason, you know, even bad things, I'm, I'm at, because this is what God wants, which is the beginning of the horrible message of this movie, finally he gets the guy to move, now, well, we'll come back to that, because we will see this guy again, but, Oh, yeah. Question involving a baseball glove at this exact moment. But so the guy moves out of the way. Rick carries on. More drone shots of driving. He's driving out to somewhere. Um, <clears throat> and he sees on the side of the road, sitting on a big rock, uh, a woman with a suitcase just sitting there. And she's sort of like, you know, oh, hey, can I get her? And just zooms right past her. Which, I mean, that's kind of shitty. But he has. Considering what he has on his plate today, it makes sense that he wouldn't. I mean, I'd stop and pick up a, you know, a woman on the side of the road. Yeah. Unless I was going to go shoot myself, which is what he's planning. But I feel like, I don't know if that place was like symbolic for him, but he essentially went 30 feet up the road, turned into a driveway, and then was planning to do it as if the lady couldn't walk over to his car and just it's like, a ways away from her it's it is symbolic to him it's the bridge that he proposed to his wife on 
right, 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 again right. a couple times. That's what it is. Okay. So, yeah, so he parks so he can see this little bridge that's like over a pond in this park. And he gets that gun out of that box. Well, he, also, he looks through the box. He also sees that there were like plane tickets in there because he was going to surprise his wife with a trip or something. Mm-hmm. All these mementos of sadness. He takes the gun out. He puts it to his head in this kid's film, <laughs> supposedly. Um, and he's interrupted by Grace, who has caught up to him, dragging her suitcase, knocks on a window. How does she not see that gun? I was just saying that. I, it's like in all caps on in my notes. It's like, do you... Are you just not perceptive of what's, like, past his head? Like, it is on the other side of his head from her, but, like, there's no way you missed this. Didn't see this man sitting with a gun to his head. It's not like a normal, like, way of sitting in a truck right outside of a bridge. No. And it'd be one if she knocked on the window and was like, oh, my God, you know, please talk to me. But she acts as if nothing's going on. And she did not see it at all. She's like, oh, hey, you know, I'm sure you didn't mean to drive right past me. I could really, really need a ride. I'm dragging this suitcase since Thanksgiving, and I'm trying to get to my family. And he's like, lady, go away. I'm in the middle of something. Mm-hmm. But she keeps at it. And then... Go ahead. He um, asked him, like, oh, do you have a phone? And then he said no. And then she proceeds to say, why don't you, like, have a phone? As if she also doesn't have a phone. Yeah, she has no car. She has no phone. And she's incredulous that he doesn't have a phone either. Which yeah. set up for no reason when his captain or whoever came to his house. And he's like, hey, I've been trying to call you. You, know, you heard of a thing called a cell phone? Mm-hmm. And it's explained a couple times that he doesn't have a cell phone, I guess. Um, explain why you're not calling your kid, I suppose. Um, yeah, so he finally breaks down, you know, she starts to walk. He walks like what? 10 feet away. And by the time she gets back, she's huffing and puffing as if she's carrying like seven cinder blocks in her suitcase. Yeah, she might be a traveling encyclopedia salesman. I'm not sure. (laughs) In the suitcase. Which we'll also come to find out is completely unnecessary, and I don't know why she has it, but we'll get back to that. Um, so she starts to she might be holding all the Bibles. Yeah, maybe. Her better nature. Oh, also in his tragedy box is a Bible that his wife signed, like inscribed to him or something, um, which he mm-hmm. has no use for anymore. And um, she starts to walk away dejected. His better nature wins out and he decides I can kill myself another day I guess serve and protect um I'm gonna give this lady a ride wherever she's going but at least he has common sense and he has her sit in like the back seat which brings me to my next note and my next question he we put in the box when he puts the gun back in the box the badge is in the box yes his badge is in his shoebox, which he sets on the passenger seat. She's sitting in the back seat. They're driving along. 
And just in the back seat, she suddenly has his badge. And she's like, oh, you used to be a cop? And he's like, hey, where'd you get that? That's a good question. Where did you get that? Because it was in the box. I feel like, I think for most of this, I think they're trying to portray her as like an angel. And so she has like magical abilities of trying to see the past or something. That's the thing. There are so many times that they are setting up and it would make sense for this kind of movie, and that's what I thought was happening, that this woman is an angel, that this is like, it's a wonderful life or something. And this yeah. is an, an angel or some kind of mad. she has some kind of magic going on, because there are a number of times that she does things or knows things. That or opens doors. Yes. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> they are setting up that this woman is... Not a real one. She's a ghost or an angel or something. But then she's yeah. not. Makes he, like, all of the things that they, which makes all of those magical things she did not make any fucking sense. I mean, yeah. So, it, yeah. She has his badge somehow. He snatches away and puts it back in his tragedy box. This woman will not shut up. She speaks an like, inspirational quote in Bible verses. Well, and it's, it's, I have to imagine it's what being an Uber driver is like. Well, I, but except pastors in an Uber probably don't want to talk to the driver either. But she's yap, yap, yapping away. But she says, so the plan, I, I have so many questions about the geography of this town, as they call it. I was literally thinking that, like, they started <laughs> 9 a.m., and then it was, like, 4. But apparently they were only driving around for, like, what, three hours? Well, we don't know what what times of day we're looking at here, because it never gets dark, so they're not spending, you know, we're not It gets dipping cold, though. Into it's never evening. dark. Yeah. Well, it's November wherever they're at. So it's, I mean, it, I imagine it's in the south somewhere. But yeah. she says, one of them says something about, I think it's hers, like, thank you for driving me. It's all the way on the other side of town, and I never would have made it dragging this suitcase. Thank you so much. Now, when you see this town that they drive through, it's a very Rust Belt, rural mm -hmm. city. This is a town probably smaller than the town we live in, and I could drive from one side of our town to the other in 15 minutes? I'd say so. Even Maybe, on, like, the, like the outskirts? Mm-hmm. Somehow driving to the other side of town is a day-long ordeal. <laughs> ignoring, even ignoring all the stops they make. And it, it takes apparently long time. enough, it's long enough for her to fall asleep and then it... they start driving and he looks back and she's sleeping and then she wakes up she's like oh I can't believe I'm so tired I can't believe I fell asleep how long were you driving that she had time to like put her head down and go to sleep like even if she was only talking for 10 minutes people normally fall asleep after like what 25 30 and then you still have more after that like you still have more driving time I mean, it's as if they are driving from one side of the state to the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we try, like, they drive past some houses, but there's also lots of, like, rusted out, abandoned, like, mills and grain silo, you know, and stuff. 
and fields. So I don't standard small town architecture. Except that it takes six hours to drive from one side to the other somehow. I don't understand what, I don't understand the geography of this town. It's in a wormhole or something, which is more of the magic shit that you think is happening. But yeah, she's in the back seat. She will not zip it and not in like a oh women should talk less like not that just this man is giving you a ride he's helping you out begrudgingly just sit back close your mouth and let the man drive you where you drive like he doesn't want he does tend to cry a whole lot into his private life like throughout the entire movie yes he's really asking a whole ton of questions that are very personal well, and a question that will stop me in my tracks, and our conversation is over because there is no, it's a no-win Kobayashi Maru type question, is, are you a man of faith? There is no answer. For that person, there's no right answer to that question. Because if you say yes, then you're going to be in an hour-long conversation about how great it is that we're all faith, we're all people of faith. And if uh-huh. you go, then they're going to spend the next two hours trying to convert you. And it's uh-huh. win. So the second that question's asked kick this woman out of your car and go back to the bridge and shoot yourself because it's going to be a more enjoyable day than what's ahead of you. I'm not disagreeing with that. And he even says, like, not really. And then she proceeds to spend the next, what, five hours trying to convert him. Or not convert him, but realize how magical, like, the life is and how everything is planned. Yeah, well, I'm speaking of magic, so she's like, oh, hey, pull over here. Which, first off, nope. No, I'm giving you a ride. Like, we're not at a gas station and you need a soda. You're asking me to pull over at some random location. I have things uh-huh. I'm nice enough. I'm a nice, I'm a, me, I'm a nice guy. But there's a limit. You know, I've already given you a ride. I don't know you. You won't shut up. You're proselytizing to me, and now you want me to pull over to some random place so you can, like, no. Let's get to where you're going. It's supposedly right on the other side of town. We can be there. <laughs> um, but no, so you know, pull over, and he does. She jumps out of the car, and he's like, what is going on? So he chases after as best he can with his limb. They are at her old high school. How this small town has all of that is just amazing. No, we don't see too much at school. We kind of only see the pool, and it's a pretty nice pool. Um, yeah. But she comes up to the door, and she just, like, she goes the handle, and the door opens. And this is the uh, three times this will happen in the movie. Yeah. And he's like, hey, whoa, this is breaking and entering. And she's like, it's not breaking if it's not locked. Like, it's entering. You are following this stranger who you have known for 10 minutes, who is annoying the piss out of you. Like, just leave, like, oh, I guess this is where she wanted to go. Leave her there. Take her suitcase out of the car and drive off. I mean, the only sense of I feel like what a normal, functioning human being would do. Because this woman is luring into some sort of death trap. (laughs) Like, her boyfriend is waiting inside with a gun to rob you. I don't know. There's no like, the door happen or happening to not be locked like not like a red flag to you 
where she is like saying like follow me into the depths of a high school yes, that's like completely abandoned, empty or at least empty yeah because it's thanksgiving um yeah but no so they're in the pool area he says like oh this was your high school i went to regional high school so they didn't go to that same high school but they were clearly they were like rivals yeah but here's the he also lives in this town he was a police officer his mm-hmm. to church how does he not know this woman already in this tiny that, well i guess it's not a tiny town because it's <laughs> colorado apparently but it's weird that especially with some of the connections that we find out coming up it's strange that he's never met this woman before yeah but so it's her high school they're at the pool they sit down in the bleachers and she tells him this long involved story about how she used to be a swimmer there and her father never cared about it and then one day she looked up and he was there cheering her on and she swam the fastest she's ever swam and that was like the best day of her life and then it turned into the worst day of her life because they went home and her dad packed his shit and left (laughs) (laughs) when she said that it's like wow you finally got to actually swim and not just hand out towels and you were just focusing on your dad and then she just dropped the but then i found out that the car and that's the last time i ever saw it like wow, that's amazing. i'll give her that yeah and also yeah she does mention that like she usually rode the bench she usually didn't get to swim so why why would her father come to the swim meet the assumption would be i'm not going to get to see her swim because she never gets to swim so i don't know why he would anyway um, yeah so that's the last time she saw her dad but why i don't no reason to sit and listen it's like it's strange that this stranger is pouring her heart out and telling her this story yes <clears throat> but also that you're really listening to her just in a random school sitting on the bench by a pool and you're just listening to her like pour her heart out about the last time she saw her dad and you still met her only like 10 minutes ago which i mean it happens i've met people who just within five minutes of knowing me start telling me things that i don't need to know and you shouldn't be telling anyone you know so it happens mm-hmm. but it's just he's gone from being incredibly not patient to wildly patient in a short amount of time mm-hmm. and he's charmed by her enough that when so that when they get back in the car she makes some dumb joke and he gets him to smile it's like oh you can smile huh you know leave the now they so they leave the pool she gets him to well before they get in the car She's going to help herself to the front seat now instead of sitting in the back and picks up his shoebox of tragedy to move it. And he's like, whoa, 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 don't give me that. And kind of scares her a little bit. And she's like, okay, you know what? I can just walk. It's fine. You're obviously, like, now she catches the drift that, oh, you're in the middle of something. And he's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So she gets in the front seat. And now he's just letting her hold this box, which she doesn't know has a gun in that. Uh-huh. The sort of thing you have to tell someone. That's not a surprise you want, is that you would have a loaded gun in your lap and you didn't know it. Um, 
Maybe the walls are starting to come down. She tells some stupid joke and gets him to smile. And it's like, oh, you, you can smile. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be cute and charming, but it's just kind of annoying. And, um, yeah, they're driving along, they're talking, and he's looking at her, and we get, you know, one of those, oh, no, look at the road, and hits something, and he jumps out. And when you know it, it's the homeless guy's cart, who has somehow, again, I don't understand the time warp that this town is in, has traveled from, because they've been driving what 40 minutes maybe hour and a half (laughs) i mean they must be driving down every street in the town but yes just complete zigzag throughout taking the scenic has somehow made it all the way from his driveway to where they are now pushing this cart of cans which and she said like oh i never would have made it across to the other side of town pulling my suitcase but this homeless guy made it. So it feels like magic again. Yes. Well, to nothing. Well, maybe not nothing, but... Um, Grace and the homeless guy... Oh, yeah, her name is Grace. We didn't mention that earlier. It's as in oh. by Grace, the name of the movie. Isn't it like Graciela or something? Well, but... it's Graciela because she's Hispanic. Um, which is funny because when she first introduces herself, she's like, I'm Graciela. And he goes, you're what? As if, like, he's never heard a... She's like, it's Grace. My name is Grace. He's like, oh. <laughs> he acted as if he's never heard anything besides, like, basic white names before. They're... Yeah, it was an odd little exchange. But um, it's at this point the homeless guy reveals... And he has a name, but I, I'll be damned. It's like Jeremiah or something. It doesn't... Oh, it might- because it's like sent down from God or something. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, Grace um, said like, oh, Jeremiah is sent down from God. And he's like, you're very smart. Yeah. Because the only thing, when you have lost your faith and you're suicidal, the only thing worse than being stuck all day with a Christian is now you have two Christians talking to each other. <laughs> That's not going to help your frame of mind. Oh, yeah. Um. But the homeless guy reveals that he knew Rick's wife. She used to volunteer or work or something at the homeless shelter that this guy frequented. Um, and their son would come there to see mom or hang out with mom and throw a ball around in the back. This homeless guy has played catch with Rick's son at some point. And his son left his baseball glove there that says, love dad on it. Um, and this homeless guy has been holding on to it for five years, apparently. Like, he never thought to give it back within, like, the five or even more years. Because they might have been playing since he was, like, maybe, like, three or four, even. Well, or this morning when you saw him in his driveway. Yeah. It's... Why didn't you give it to him then instead of blah, blah, blah and Adam about Jesus? I think... You could have given it to a man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the homeless guy really has a great train of thought. It is just so weird. I mean, yeah, there's more talk about, you know, like, oh, it's, you know, this must be God's plan that I ran into a second time today. And basic yeah. writing is the rule of three. 
So at some point, this homeless guy should have come back one more time in the movie, and he doesn't, and that's a failure. I, what would he come back doing? Would he, like, I guess we can talk about it a little bit later, because I have an idea of when he would come back, but. <laughs> but he doesn't. He just gives all <laughs> gloves. He has no reason that he should have anymore. Um, yeah. It's just a strange, it's a weird, weird scene, and it's just setting up things for later, but it doesn't make much sense on its own. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, no, he says, I have in the notes, in quotes, he says, I was going to give it to you this morning. No, you weren't. No, you weren't, because you had ample opportunity to do so. You were at, you were blocking this guy's driveway with your cart. You essentially had all the time in the world until you moved your cart. And he didn't zoom out of there. He stopped and offered you, he leaned out like out his window to offer you money to go buy yourself a coat or whatever. Yeah. You preached at him for two minutes. Like you had ample opportunity to give this man this baseball glove. Don't tell him I, you were going to give it to him this morning because you <laughs> You, uh, you were not. So Grace and Rick get back in the car, continue driving to, well, she has given him an address written down on a piece of paper earlier, so he knows where he's going, yeah. in theory. Um, and it's at this point, she asks him, well, they're driving again, and she's like, pull over, pull over. It's like, well, again, going somewhere? No, she just doesn't want him driving and telling a story at the same time, I guess for safety's sake. I mean, as if they weren't literally talking so much with, a, like, within the drive that they've had so far. Yeah, but this is a very, this is a very serious conversation we have to have now. So we need to, you pull over during a flashback. You can't drive during a flashback. <laughs> yeah, she asked him what the deal with was his wife. And at this point, we get the entire first scene again. Whereas but, a filmmaker would pepper in little, like, You'd show him telling her the, a truncated version of the story, and you would yes. have flashes of what he's talking about from the earlier scene. No, it's the entire first four minutes of this movie, again, exactly. I think like halfway through he's like, and it's like with the same audio as the first four minutes, but there's also the voiceover of him also telling the story again. Yeah. Like, I got shot in the knee, and, or there were three shots went off. One, like, hit my knee, one hit my wife, and then one hit the drug lord. Right? I yeah. Well, I feel, like, I, I feel like his voiceover isn't until after the flashback is done, because then we get another scene that wasn't in the original scene of him sort oh, of going to like his floor, wife. And she makes him promise... The one thing she asks, as blood is pouring out of her mouth, her lifeblood is leaving her, and she's gasping her last breath, is to take care of their son. It's the one job you had now, dude. And what did you immediately do? <laughs> Shipped him off to grandma's. Shipped yeah. him off and never saw him again. You failed this woman in her dying wish. That mm -hmm. change in the scene. Otherwise, it's the exact same scene we saw at the beginning. And it's just padding. It's because you realized your movie was only 45 minutes long and we need more drone shots and more of this. You know? Yes. Um, so, now she's got the whole story. They're driving again. And she says, pull over again. Again! Third time now. 
this woman is asking to pull over. And I understand you're starting. It doesn't even seem like he's starting to fall for her yet at this point or something. He's just very accommodating. He... I can't even wrap my head around why this guy has stopped a total of three times for this lady to just pour her heart out. Like, they're, they're essentially still strangers, but now they have, like, a trauma bond or something. Because... Well, he doesn't know... He doesn't know about her trauma yet. And... It's just... Like, she's pretty whatever, but she's not that charming. She's kind of annoying in the amount that she talks. Oh, yeah. It's not... And it's as if she's taking her... Taking him on a guided tour of important places in her life in his town. She's not showing him places he's never been. In fact, the place that she's had them pull over right now is a dance studio that he has been to. Yes. She went there to... Uh, learn to dance with her, or she used to work there? No, she... That's where she met her husband. Like, yes. And she was like, do you believe in love at first sight? It's like, I fell in love with a marine man. And he was like, OMG, did you bring him here so that you could, like, learn how to dance and just wow the crowd at your wedding? And then she got really offended by that. Yeah, she says that's so mean. That's so mean. What did he say? He asked you a genuine question. (laughs) And it wasn't even, like, out of the blue either, because we then find out that that's what happened with him and his wife. Like, they essentially fell in love at first sight, went to this exact same dance studio, and learned how to dance to wow the crowd at their wedding. So it's not even, like, an outlandish question. Yeah, she gets really upset about it for no reason and then is immediately not upset anymore. Uh, yes. So, yeah, so they've both been to this dance studio. This is the first that we find out that she has been married. We don't know mm-hmm. yet, other than using Marine, what the story with her husband is. Um, you wonder maybe if that's... Well, but you, you know in the back of your head that, like, well, obviously that guy is dead because they're setting up a romance between these two people. You're not going to yeah. see a romance in a Christian movie between a married woman and this guy. Mm-hmm. So and it, something happened. It can't be divorce because that would go against some Christian values. Some. So. Well, and that's why in Christian movies there's always dead moms and dead husbands and dead because nobody can get divorced. There's no ex yeah. It's just... <laughs> it. Oh, and before all of that happens... It's the second time that she performs magic, and the door is randomly unlocked in this completely empty and closed dance studio. Yes, so, it goes the handle again, and it magically opens. And and it does very feel like I didn't even it didn't even occur to me until you just said that. But it is an empty town, other than the homeless guy. They don't see another human being. The only thing that I've until they get to grandma's house at the very very beginning when they were doing like the panoramic shot over like the water tower and like through the town there was one other car that i ever saw besides like the characters in this movie and that was at like a four-way or something and then after that there's no one in this town yeah you never see them pass another car on the on the road you never 
any place they, there's no one on this street down this like you know old, not old timey but like you know small town main street yeah. downtown where this dance studio is and there's not another i know it's thanksgiving it's a holiday but like even so some Dumbled. people like go out for walks after they eat thanksgiving or like their thanksgiving meal but like or someone walking their dog or something it's like they're in a ghost town and it adds to this sense of oh this is a dream or something this is some there's some kind of magical jesus woohoo going on yes because this this girl's magical opening doors and teleporting badges and they're in a they're inside a snow globe with no people in it yeah it... but no <laughs> it's not any of those things yeah it could very well just be a normal town or maybe he's like hallucinating or something but it that's how it feels but that's not what it is i feel like they might have been trying to do that or this movie was just so low budget they couldn't hire any extras and that might just be why there's nobody else in this movie but then i feel like unless you're filming in a legit abandoned town it had to be like it takes more time and money to like okay we got to clear this street and get all these people out of here so we can film and not have a bunch of people running around that takes more effort than just let's just go out and film and if somebody walks by then somebody walks by it's fine and now i'm completely wondering where this was filmed as well i did not like, i assume it's in the south somewhere texas or georgia like it's just really weird okay back to the story no. Yeah, so they leave this dance studio. Well, they have a little dance, as and while they are slow dancing, and they're getting pretty close, like there's no kissing or anything, but it's definitely in the air now. Mm-hmm. Kind of into each other. While he's dancing with her, he's having flashbacks and dancing with his dead wife, which is weird. Yes. That should throw you off your game a little bit. <laughs> um, Especially because you met this girl like an hour ago. And she should not remind you so closely of your dead wife. Like, yeah, it's a woman you have known, and we will come back to this in a big way by the end of the movie, but this, at this point, this is a woman you have known for, I don't know, an hour and 45 minutes, who for the first 45 minutes of that you did not like, and you were begrudgingly in her presence. Like, I and she's... I mean, it's not like she's. I'm not gonna talk about somebody's. She's 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 a she's a pretty girl. I think I've never heard of her, but I think I read maybe that she was a Miss World contestant at some point. I don't know, oh. but. I mean. That's North. I'm just trying to understand why he's and looks aren't everything, but I'm trying to understand why he's so suddenly there into each other. You know. Well, I mean that might just like go into the ghost town of that's the only other girl that isn't his mother that's like there like in his age range and single i don't know well yeah and until we because we do a, a quick cut out of nowhere to his mom's house and his where his son's at in a little bit but prior to that i really was thinking like oh did he actually shoot himself and now he's in that would explain why there's no people it would explain it would explain a lot about the weirdness that is happening mm -hmm. in this movie if 
he's already dead. <laughs> you know? Because that would make sense, but then later he, like, goes and then he talks to his wife and, yeah, but... Like, if the movie was actually, like, cut, like, just right in half, that would be a viable storyline where he actually shot himself and then is just, like, in heaven or something and met, like, a perfect, or, like, met, like, an angel. Or it's a, yeah, or she is an angel and this is a real Clarence and the, you know, it's a wonderful life. Like, he's, he's going to get to see some things and then we're going to cut back to him in the truck about to shoot himself and then deciding not to because this angel intervened or something. That's the kind of thing you are expecting. It feels like they're setting up, and then it's not. That's not what it is. Yeah. So they leave the dance studio. The truck dies for no apparent reason. He's like this old rusty piece of junk. It's not. It's a fine, normal, nice-looking car, like or truck. But it doesn't look that old. <laughs> it's it, new it's car. Made, I it's made by 2017. What? It's like a 2014 truck. Maybe. It, <laughs> Which, and cars can die, but again, that uh, it's another feeling of, like, here's some more magical shit. Like, ooh, magically, the truck has died for no reason, so that they can get out and walk, and she leaves her suitcase in his truck. Yes. The plan is, when they get out of the truck, we're almost there. We're almost to where Grace's family is. We're going to walk the rest of the way. Don't you need that suitcase? What, are you going to come back to his truck and get it? I still think that... There's like the only thing in that suitcase are Bibles. She might be like a traveling person trying to convert people. In all honesty, because it's useless. It's like a just an extra prop that she happened to have or something. Well, I think it's there, so it's like, oh yeah, she really does need help because she's not just walking; she's walking and lugging the suitcase. But when we eventually find out what what her destination is and where she's trying to go. There's no reason for her to have a suitcase. It's not like she's yeah. oh, a hotel or someone's house, even, we come to find out. There is absolutely no reason for her to have a suitcase at all. But now they brought it. Why are you leaving it in this man's truck? Don't you need it? You brought it. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It, I don't know. that. I feel like that will forever be a mystery because she doesn't even really go back to get it if i remember correctly no we never never see it again there's no reason for her to have had it yes and there's no reason that you would like you would bring it with you because what are you gonna okay so we're gonna walk another half mile to the house i'm supposed to go to and then i'm gonna turn around and go back to your truck and get it or wait till your truck is fixed and you bring it does it's stupid it does She says that her in-laws live up here, and so she wants to avoid that house for whatever reason. So they're going to take a longer route through this park so they can avoid walking past that house. Mm -hmm. Now we have her flashback of her trauma, which luckily we have not seen before. Her husband, the Marine, she's hanging out with his parents with... Her little toddler son. Tommy. Tommy. Grandpa's gonna... <laughs> it's so insane. Grandpa's gonna play hide and seek with this toddler. The toddler leaves the room and is gone for, I swear to God, eight seconds. 
the, oh, it also website. is good to mention, he is carrying a fire truck in his hand, like a toy fire truck. Yeah. So, and yeah, the kid is out of, the kid runs down the hallway, he's out of sight for like eight seconds, and Grandpa comes into the room and is like, I can't find Tommy. Well, you're playing hide and seek. He just, right. your sight. Of course you can't, like, go look for him. <laughs> Why would you come in the room and announce you can't, like, it's insane. So they all get up in a panic and run out to the pool to find that Tommy has drowned in our children's film. Mm -hmm. We don't see this dead toddler, but we see her look at the pool and start screaming. And his toy truck is laying on the ground. So this child who was unattended for, again, seven or eight seconds has managed to drown himself while no one was looking. It's so crazy. <laughs> Such a... Parts of this movie are is like so fast paced and then other parts are just so very long and time is a construct. That's the thing and it's all the wrong things. We need more time with this part and other things mm -hmm. development things we need more time with and you speed through them meanwhile the things we don't need to watch for half an hour like driving <laughs> a drone shot of a truck driving, <laughs> that we don't need that you could speed up so they have it their balance is all off and wrong yeah. <clears throat> so now we cut from that to it's luke rick's son and rick's mom sitting down to eat um thanksgiving the kid's not really into it she's like well you know maybe your dad will show up and he's like yeah right it's been five years why would he come like <laughs> you know and that's when grandma, like, that's a place like for nick for apparently every single holiday yeah well and she had called and left him a message on his answering machine earlier Mm -hmm. Still a big assumption that like, well, I, this time I finally got through to him with that voice, with that. Uh, with the, like, begging at the end of it. It's like, please, please, come. Okay, bye. Yeah, she has no reason to think he actually will, but. Yeah. Yeah, and here's where we find out that this kid has been living here for five years and has not seen. Also, this kid looks like he's uh, probably 15. The one time we see what Luke, there's a quick little sort of a flashback, sort of a haunting that Rick had back at the beginning, back in the house before he went to shoot himself. Yeah. He's like, like a, sort of a vision of Luke as a kid. And this kid is like five years old. Four or five. Maybe six tops. And five years has gone by. And now this kid is clearly. He's like 14, he's in probably high 15. He is a freshman in high school. <laughs> that kid grew up fast. He hit a growth spurt at an early age. Because he should be 10 or 11, and he's definitely older than that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, but Luke's not having it. He's pissed. He's like, Dad's not coming. He's never going to come, and goes back, goes up to his room. Um, now we have our third break-in, but it's Rick's idea this time, because they're walking now walking through this town and they pass a church and he goes up and jiggles the handle and it works mm -hmm. not her magic now or something or just 
this is a place where no one locks anything. Which I suppose it's that small town, like no one locks the door. But like, also, isn't there church service on Thanksgiving? I don't know. Um, I couldn't tell you. It might be. It also might be like different in small towns because I know some towns have like a town-wide service on like each holiday, but. I've never been to the Thanksgiving service. But yeah, the, the high school is not locked. The <laughs> dance the is not locked. The church is. So they go into the church. There's a whole long, drawn-out scene. More talk about, you know, it's her saying, you know, she believes that God has picked one person for you. And you just have to find them. And that's who you're supposed to be with, a soulmate's kind of thing. Um, and I don't even remember what the rest of their conversation in the church is. Oh, it's that she used to go to church and now she doesn't once her kid died. Yeah. And then she proceeds to ask Nick, oh, was your, did your wife go to church? And then he's like, yeah. And, it, and then she says something about like, oh, like you're a good husband or like you're a good person for actually going to church and not watching like football at home or something. But, I don't know. It just kind of yeah, Which I guess, yeah, it sort of implies that he he was certain. It's not that he so much lost his religion. He kind of never had it in the first place. It was more her thing. Yeah. He just went along with it. And, yeah, I mean, it... He leaves the one bullet that he is... The only bullet he brought... Um is taken out of the gun apparently and leaves it there on the altar because he's now decided to not kill himself. Yes. Um, I'm going to pause real quick and run to the bathroom. Before we continue, I would also like to say that, like, before this scene, she... We mentioned this earlier how it's completely, like, irrelevant that she's carrying a suitcase because she isn't going to a house but she has talked at least once about how like oh like i can't wait to eat the turkey like that my family's making or i like i'm so excited for like the food and blah 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 blah. and so was she like just blatantly just lying to him about that or i don't think i don't think she says like i can't wait i think it's more of a general because when they're in the car very early on she's like oh it's thanksgiving it's so wonderful can you imagine all the people in these houses are driving past eating turkey with their families and then she says like oh I like, can that's smell what i'm going to go do okay more of a wistful sort of i mean i guess we'll come to find out i don't have that anymore so it's cool that other people do but um yeah, so he's not suicidal anymore. They take a shortcut through his old ball field, which again, so this is his town too. Yes. He should know. But also, all these places that they're going. So small, they should only have one school. But apparently, the like opposing school was in the same town, and they like won at football, but then the other school won at swimming or something. Well, and here's, 
I, I continue to protest and say that they should know each other. If they've lived in the same town, her, well, I don't want to spoil something coming up, but when her child died, he's a police officer in this small town. He would know about that. Yeah. It can't happen that often that in this small town, a toddler has drowned. He might not necessarily be the guy who had to go to her house and do take out take the report. But it probably was like in the newspaper or something. Yeah, everyone in town or church would be like, "Oh, poor Gracie Ella, what's her face?" Drowned. Like, it's so weird that he does not know her already. Unless he has been just completely oblivious and so forgetful his entire life. Well, that could be, too. Like, he just has the memory of a goldfish and remembers nothing and no one. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> um, yeah, and here's where he's... So they're sending the ballpark. Here's where he says, I see my kid every day, but he doesn't know I'm there. So he's driving past Grandma's house and watching the kid. He's watching them at school and just never making himself known or talking to which makes it so much weird. Like, you're already a bad dad. You've already abandoned your kid. And there's no excuse for what you've done. But it's also like, it's not like you fucked off to another state. Like, you are actively stalking this kid. You could talk to him at any time. And you live, like, what? Four blocks away from him? Like... Yeah, and you are in the same town. <laughs> this enormous town. <laughs> I have, it is just so confusing. This town will forever frustrate me as to the layout and how actually big it is. I think they just, I think they live inside the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> like you drive into the town gates and then you're in an entire planet's worth of town. Yeah. Ah, it's so great. It's so nuts. Um, so yeah, then they're walking through this huge field and park with no like landmarks around this is their shortcut to skip around her in-law house mm-hmm. that's when she reveals that her parents are dead so she's going no. mother is dead her mother is dead yes you're right her father could be anywhere her father yes she never saw him after swim meet day yeah so she's not going to visit her parents she's not going to visit her son and she's actively avoiding in-laws so where is this woman trying to get to is the mystery at the moment and then we fade to black and when it comes back they are standing on a street corner in like a suburban neighborhood outside away from this field and he says how did we get here but again that's the moment where i'm like oh for sure this is magic she just teleported them to where she wanted them to be which if she could do that why did she need a ride in the first place yeah it's it's such a weird it's like he blacked out and now they're standing in a different place and that place happens to be right outside of his mother's house yes a neighborhood he will know you can't you drive past, you drop the kid off there five years ago, you drive past and look at him playing in the yard every day. You know how to, you cannot be surprised 
that you have turned a corner and, oh, shit, this is where I am? Like, no, you come here every day. It, it's crazy. It is so weird. And it's, but if, if you took out that line, if you didn't have him say, how did we get here, then it would deplete all of this magic nonsense that's in the air. But yes, that's it could just be like... For what? It could be like a time lapse, but now he's saying like, how did we get here? As if he, he blacked out, like you said. Yeah, it's as if she bonked him on the head and dragged him here. And he yeah. woke up <laughs> to find himself in a different part of town. But that's not what happened. They were just walking. We fade to black, and now he doesn't know where they came from. He doesn't know how he got to a place that he is very familiar with, but he doesn't know it. Like, it's, it's such... I can't with this movie. I, it's just really funny because at that moment in like the notes and everything, I have just, did she bring him back to his house? Did they make that whole trek just to see his son? How long is this day? Has it not been like seven hours already? Cause that, it's insane how long they have been together. But then when, so they're at like his mother's house and they go in and they, she, like, we know that the dinner was at four, like, it'd be done at four. And so, is it, like, 4.30? Is it still hot? Or did she just, like, reheat the Thanksgiving meal? Because they all eat that, like, Thanksgiving, have, like, a normal Thanksgiving. Well, or it was a Thanksgiving lunch at, like, noon, which would make this, like, one in the afternoon. Because, again, we don't know what time he left the house. We don't know... You know? In the voicemail at the very beginning, though, she says that, like, Thanksgiving lunch or Thanksgiving dinner will be at four. Okay. I missed that. Good catch. Thank you. But, um, she had that meal with, um, not Tommy. Luke. Luke. And so is this just, because it's still light outside, and so it can't be, like, 8 p.m. now or anything and so also because time is so weird and non whatever in this movie we don't know if the scene with them with grandma and luke eating took place four hours ago or 10 minutes ago yeah it <laughs> we don't know um in charge of like lighting or time lapse needs to go back to school i think because it seems like all of this could either happen over like the span of seven hours but it had to start at 7 a.m or it's only been like two hours and it's just been so spread out like the storyline has been so spread out that it just feels like seven hours or maybe he left his house thanksgiving morning 2017 and they are now arriving at grandma's house in 2018 thanksgiving Maybe they have been driving for a year. Cause it was Maybe. Like when um, his mother called, it was had, it had only been four years, but now it's been five years. Who knows? It's, it's bananas, timeline of this movie. But now this woman has, like, you have actively stated, like, I, I'm not ready to see my kid. I don't want to go there. And now you have apparently blacked out, and she has brought you there. This woman is really 
fooled herself <laughs> to think that yeah. she's going to force this upon you. But he takes it. They go in. Luke ain't having it. And he's right not to have it. His dad's an a- His dad's a negligent, deadbeat, drunk, you know? Yeah. It... Before that, um, I don't understand how his mom isn't, like, asking questions about... Because I don't think... I, I think that, like, Nick actually said, like, during this thing, they're like, oh, how long have you two been seeing each other? And I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, he only says, like, an hour and 45 minutes. But it is feels like so much longer than that. And how is the mom not concerned that his her son is bringing home somebody that he has known for not even a day yet? Yeah, I don't remember the exact line but yeah they're sitting at the table and it sort of feels like what that conversation is about to be the mom's like oh how long have you guys known each other and they kind of smile and they're like oh just like just this afternoon or just a couple hours or whatever yeah and then the mom just kind of laughs like oh you guys like no you should be a little concerned (laughs) your son you're seeing your son for the first time in presumably five years your grandson is seeing his father for the first time in presumably five years and he's just up at your door. The anniversary of your daughter-in-law's death. Yes. And your son is bringing home a woman who he's known for a few hours. It's, yeah, it should raise some red flags and concerns, but she seems to find it delightful. Because Grace is just so goddamn charming. I get it. But I feel like that's at least some part of her magic, because... The mother didn't bat an eye, even at when they eventually leave her house. She's like, I know we haven't known each other long, but don't be a stranger. You're welcome here, like, any time. And I know sometimes that's courtesy, but, like, you don't offer that to people you've known for 45 minutes. You know? Yeah, and she gives her a big hug and, like... Like, they're lifelong pals. So taken with this grace. You're saved by her, one might say. Um, Good one. Yeah, and Rick goes up, tries to talk to Luke through the door. He won't answer, but he apologizes to him and says he's going to try better. Hangs the baseball glove on the door and leaves. So he really doesn't interact much with this kid. The kid kind of just yells at him and runs upstairs. Um, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, so they leave, and they finally get to Grace's destination, where she's been trying to go. Which is, and here's the quote-unquote twist of the film, not that she's an angel, which would make complete sense, not that this is a dream, which would make complete sense, or at least within the context we've been given would make sense. Yeah. It's a cemetery. That's the place that she's been trying to get all day, that she needed a ride to. And it's where her husband... And her son are buried. Here's where we find out her husband never came back from Afghanistan. He died, Um, what'd she say, four months or something after Tommy drowned? I think so. So she has no family. She has no one. Why why are you bringing a suitcase to the cemetery? Yeah, it's weird. 
that's what I'm, that's what I was trying. I've been trying all episode to not mention is that her goal is a cemetery. Why are you dragging the suitcase? What's in that suitcase that you've now left behind? What were you doing with the suitcase at the cemetery? <laughs> like, oh, I actually just thought of this. Um, okay, while they're at like the grandma's house, you mentioned that she was like eating everything. Obviously, if she was actually going to her family's house and like going to eat with them, it'd be a little weird that she ate like twice in one day, especially on Thanksgiving. But what if she had like she was gonna have like a picnic in the graveyard? That would be that's the only thing that I can come up with that she would actually be carrying a suitcase. So she has like a picnic blanket and like Tupperware or something in that suitcase. Maybe. <laughs> but that is it's the only thing that I can think of as to why that suitcase is prevalent. Yeah, it's kind of the only possible explanation. <clears throat> But now you've left it behind. You've thrown all of that away because you met this red guy. Yeah. So, but, but here's the twist. We find out the twist isn't that her husband is dead. The twist is that her husband and his wife died on the same day. Because, and here's the moral of the story, and it's repugnant. It's awful. Is that, thank God, God took your wife and my husband and my son so that we could be here to meet each other and fall in love today. It was worth their deaths and the abandonment of your son because we are meant to be together. We are the ones God have picked for each other. And it's uh, lunacy. It is. That is I, it's, psychotic. It's an awful concept to make an entire movie around. It's because the book of Job is a real thing that Christians, Christians look at the book of Job and see this, this wonderful, amazing story about this man who never lost his faith, no matter how much adversity he went up against, and we should strive to be like him. That's not what the book of Job is. The book of Job, if you actually read it, is the story of God making a bet with the devil who he has no reason to need to impress that he can torture and destroy the life of his most devout follower, and that sucker will keep coming back. Oh, my God. That's what the book of Job is, if you're not, have your Christianity blinders on. It's a disgusting story that shows that God is an asshole. <laughs> and this is that same idea. It's confronting the question of evil. The question of evil is, if... God is this wonderful, loving, all-knowing being who controls everything. Why do bad things happen? Why do babies get cancer? Why do wars happen? Why does rape exist? You know, you know all these things that Christians have to do a crazy belly dance to try to answer because there is no answer. You know? Yeah. If either, because either there is no God, or if there is a God, he's not in charge of these things and these things are happening no matter what he wants or this supposedly loving god who loves you is doing these things to you on purpose as a test both of which answers are bad they, <laughs> for christians let me god, it, find a way to tiptoe around it 
But that's the moral of this movie, is that God has done horrible things to these people, and he's done it on purpose. So that they could be together as one family. Because that's his plan, and you just have to roll with it. And it's Throughout the entire film, it's like, everything happens for a reason, and he says that so many times, Grace does. Yeah, there's no coincidences. Everything happens because it's God's plan. Well, God's yeah. plan is whack. <laughs> you know? And it's it's such a morally repellent thing to teach people that nothing good or bad that's ever happened in your life happened because of choices you made, efforts you made, things that you did that put you in the good or bad position you were in. It's all just because of because that's what God wants. And you can apply it to good things, you can apply it to bad things. If your football team wins the Super Bowl, it's because God's on your side. If a burglar killed your grandpa, it's because it was his time to go and that's God wanted him in heaven. Like, you can blame it anything that happens on God. And it's a horrible way to think and live. <laughs> I can't imagine. The concept of free will, just in general, doesn't exist in this movie. And it is so weird. Well, and that's the other thing is they say, you know, okay, well, if God if God hates sin but loves the sinners, why does he let us sin? Why does he let us do bad things? Oh, because you have free will and you have to choose it for yourself. Obviously, we don't have free will. We, you can, everything is this architectured, you know, if everything's part of God's plan and it's going to happen no matter what you do. You know, you don't. Yeah. And it's those kinds of things that Christians can't answer. Religious people in general cannot answer questions like that without doing crazy acrobatics to try to themselves get out of the corner they just back themselves into. They're fun to debate because of things like this. But it's just the idea that, well, now I'm glad my wife was murdered <laughs> because... You know, I never would have you. It's so crazy. At the very end of the movie, um, they, it's, I don't know what the director was trying to go for, but he really made these two people, Grace and um, Nick, he really made them realize their love for each other right in front of Grace's dead husband and dead child. I was just going to say that. Their first kiss. Is, is this, and I don't want to kink shame anybody. Maybe that's what you're into. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but... It, okay. I'm not, you know, kiss, I mean, kiss him. I'm cool with that. But. but yeah, you kiss this man that you met four hours ago while standing on top of the grave of your dead husband and dead child. That's weird that is <laughs> it's such a just you might as well squat down and take a piss but, <laughs> you know what I mean like, it's just even so if like the director didn't like mean it or anything but it's just so insensitive of like cause it looked like they were in an actual cemetery cause I don't know if they have the budget for CGI for sure. but it looked like they were in oh, an God actual no. cemetery no, yeah, they were. So they were standing up. Well, it's obviously it was probably a fake headstone in a yeah 
of the cemetery that didn't actually have, you know, they mocked up the grave. Yeah. So that's but, fine. I don't have an issue with that necessarily. But what I have to do is with a woman who believes that her dead husband and child are in heaven looking down at her, and this is the show you're putting on for them? <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, it's... Cool. No. Mm-mm. This man did not go and die for his country so that you can make out with a stranger on top of his grave. Yeah. Never forget. And, ugh, I even hate thinking about it because it just... <laughs> it's kind of so gross. Weird. And, yeah, not changing everyone, but, like, no, we don't do that. And that's kind of it. Then we cut ahead to an unspecified time in the future. There's a picnic going on in the park with Rick, his mom. Luke is there, and they're playing catch finally, so obviously they've gotten their shit together. Mm -hmm. Ace is there, and Rick is on. He's got the same problems that she has making out on graves. He's on the bridge that he was going to kill himself at. Yes. For looking at, that he proposed to his wife at. And he's looking up at the sky, and he's talking to his dead wife about how like everything is cool now because I have like <laughs> he doesn't say it but basically the gist is like I have grace now so I'm fine you can piss off like how, how disrespectful that you have come to this spot to have this family picnic with this new woman like it's crazy go anywhere else he's essentially just saying like hey dead wife in the sky um, I met someone so I'm over you peace like that's yeah like, I'm sorry you died but that's what God wanted so what can I do I mean look you can't grieve forever you gotta move on I understand him and Grace getting together it's the machination that went into making it happen Yes. this cosmic game of mousetrap that had to happen Final Destination style to kill these people off so that these two can get together is fucked in the head oh yeah so, yeah, that's the Christian movie part. <laughs> the Christian kids movie. A par- well, yeah, a family film. It's so... Good for all ages. It's bizarre to me. Reality. In so many ways. And it's poorly made and poorly written, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And it's, you know, it's a pretty standard... It's not, a f- it's not offensive in the way that many of them are. It's not... Yeah other than the moral is highly dubious but it's not it's not good it's certainly no welcome to paradise which was a surprisingly entertaining film this is just it's just there you know, do it what Christian movies do the entire thing. just from some of the ways that like Grace actually spoke some of her lines it's like she was reading like a Hallmark card yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't great. Well, I mean, you only have... There's only four actors in... Well, I suppose five counting his his old partner who was there for... Well, I'm six counting the... And seven counting his wife. <laughs> okay, there's like... <laughs> but... I mean, the, the wife hardly speaks. The, his old partner hardly speaks. You only see the, the drug lord for a minute. So really, it's Grandma Luke... Grace and Rick are your only... And the homeless guy. 
Oh god, and the homeless guy. Okay, eight. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, none of them are really... I mean, when the best actor in your movie is Joey Lawrence, that's not great. Actually, his mom, the woman who played his mom, I've seen in stuff before. I don't remember why. She's fine. She's okay. I don't think any of them are going to be, like, at any awards show soon, but... Mm. It, it's not the absolute worst thing, but it's definitely not the best. No, it's... Even just for this podcast, it's not the best Christian movie I've watched <laughs> out of two. But it's... If things keep going like this, I'll probably have another one in three weeks, and probably worse than this one, because there's a lot of them out there that are worse than this one. It's just not... It's certainly not worth your time, and it teaches a really not great lesson. Yeah. That's my takeaway from it. It's a good, it's not a good movie that teaches you a shitty thing about life. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, and it just, it's such a lost opportunity because it can't figure out what it's doing it spends half the movie trying to convince you this woman is an angel or even if see and i wonder if they even knew they were doing it or if they were just using so many tropes of christian movies without thinking about it that like or if they were purposely setting us up to be like well see they're gonna think it's this thing but it's not it's this other thing or if they were just so oblivious to what they were even writing that it went that way i don't know i absolutely believe that like this entire movie they just watched like a few christian movies and just tried to combine all of those together and just pick out like the few scenes that they really liked and then some aerial shots yeah, that drone. i wholeheartedly believe that somebody made this on like imovie or something well and usually when I when I get movies on here, I will do a little research and see like, oh, the person who directed it, what else have they directed, and the person who wrote it, what else have they? I could not possibly be bothered with this. So <laughs> I don't know if the guy, if the person who wrote and directed this, has done other Christian movies or done. If this is the, I have no idea, and I don't care to look. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this is going to be my favorite movie of the year. No. I'm glad you watched it. I'm glad you were here. Yeah, it's been it was fun. Uh, <laughs> I haven't talked to you in a while, so this was a fun way to do it. And I'm always glad yeah. to have voices on here that aren't immediately related to me. So <laughs> nice. Um, it's time for me to push that magic button and see what my movie for next week is. Please don't be another Christian movie. Please don't be another. Oh. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be an even shittier Christian. Drum roll, please. Uh, nope, not a Christian movie. Uh, the Happy Hooker goes to Washington, which sounds like the opposite of a Christian movie. I don't know if there could be a more different movie than this one. Hey, hey, don't judge a movie by its title. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what the, the Happy Hooker goes to Washington from 1977, rated R, I would imagine. Yes, it is. It is on Amazon Prime Video for people who would like to watch along. That's your homework. The Happy Hooker goes to Washington. It's a comedy, apparently. 
Um, apparently, it's the second of three films. I'm not going to watch the first film, so. What is it? The Happy Hooker goes to like. It's the Happy Hooker. The Happy Hooker goes to Washington, and the Happy Hooker goes Hollywood. Huh. Hmm. This is the middle of those movies. I'm not going to watch the other two, so it'll be a surprise. The Happy Hooker goes to Washington. <laughs> That's next week's movie. Much different from Saved by Grace. Maybe. Maybe. I'm imagining and hoping. <laughs> Miss Maria Sauer, where can people find you if you wish to be found? Instagram, Twitter, things like that. Um, I have Instagram and Twitter. So Instagram is like it's period Maria Lorna, L-O-R-N-A. And then on Twitter, it's at bluesy, B-L-U-E-S-Y, and then 6454. And yeah. I'm not as advanced knowledge about movies as Pete, but I try. <laughs> no, you did good. Yeah. I mean, with that movie, I don't think you could really give negative feedback. <laughs> well, and I always, I think another reason that people would maybe suspect that I'm cheating somehow and just picking movies and not actually getting them randomly is that I have yet, other than maybe Dark Crystal, I have yet to actually have a good movie. It's been all bad movies, and what are the chances? I'm assuming because you do have Amazon Prime, like, in there, and there's usually so many bad movies on there. Well, and Tubi. I have Amazon Prime and Tubi. Tubi. <laughs> and Tubi is a warehouse full of shit. So <laughs> it's... Actually, the chances of me finding a good movie are slimmer than you would think, so... Which I'm kind of okay with. Teenage Mutant and Ninja Turtles. And then deleted it promptly. What about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Um, I'm pretty sure I downloaded Tubi. Just like on my tablet. Oh. And watched that movie and then promptly deleted it because there was nothing else that was... that I even knew of. Yeah. But, um... At this point, I don't even know. I mean, look, if a good movie comes up, I'll take it. But I don't even know. Because a good movie is much harder to talk about. Because you just want to sit there and praise it, you know? It's like, and there's, there's a cool part where this guy does the, you know? I feel like it wouldn't be as fun. Because you're not yeah. making fun of it. But I will, I will, when, if it ever happens, when it happens, eventually it has to happen. I will go <laughs> through and find a way to make fun of even a good movie. Oh, please do. I will watch that, or listen to that podcast religiously. So, that's it from us. Yeah. That's it from me. I'm uh, at Heath Lambert 78 on Twitter. The podcast is That's So Random P2 on Twitter. Um, I read an email at the beginning. I'd love to get more emails, questions, comments, concerns. Things of that nature. It's uh, that's so random pod at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe, all of that. And um, that'll do it for this week. Yeah. See you next week, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>